0: Hello and welcome to episode 71 of the Post-20 Podcast. My name is Evan. I am joined, as always, by my faithful co-host, Matt. What's going on this week, pal?
1: Uh, Well, first full week of the Prem being back after that international break. Uh, a lot of high-scoring games. Both of our teams took fat L's. Mm. Debatable which one could have been worse. But uh, other than that, we also had the Champions League turned out better for Chelsea yesterday. That 2-0 Porta win was huge. Going into the second leg. And then I know United's playing right now. Is Arsenal? Or are they yeah, Park?
0: no. Arsenal playing Slavia Prague right now. Um, the score was 0-0 when I uh, looked away. It's it's now the 76th minute. Still 0-0. Uh, Lacazette was through on goal uh, with only the keeper to beat and he fucking chipped it and hit the uh, upper 90. So that's uh that's really been like the the stand standout chance besides uh one that Saka had early. But they mm. look pretty flat.
1: Yeah, and then other than that we have the Masters that started today, the first round. Yes. Um, great to see mm. uh the Super Bowl of golf. It's something that you dream of going to as a sports fan. Yeah.
0: which you were at. you got to go. Yeah, we
1: were well we went to a practice round. Oh, it was practice. Still, it's still you're at the grounds and you could see the whole thing i was too young to really take it in though i didn't really it didn't hit the same uh what's the word it wasn't at the same regards that yeah. if i went today it would be like different
0: yeah that's hallowed ground i mean it's a it's a very magical place um mm-hmm. i can't even imagine i i can't imagine what it would feel like um plus like master's merch dude is the absolute fucking best um you, there there is shit that you can only get uh when you are admitted to um, augusta. augusta you know like a buddy of mine got a, a f- sick i mean it is a beautiful golf polo um Peter miller which is like super expensive shit super expensive mm-hmm. golf shit I have a couple pieces but um just cool stuff i mean i wish i i hope someday I get to go even if it's for a practice round some sometimes that's even more fun to watch so um, yeah, uh, we can get into the prem now, a lot of, uh, kind of unfortunate results, uh, for match day 30 first one being, uh, Chelsea and West Brom. What an absolutely shocking game that was, uh, Christian Pulisic struck first in the 27th minute before, I mean, collapse, right. With the red card in the 29th, um, the minute Thiago Silva, uh, was sent off. Things changed for Chelsea. Um, they, they were only ever really able to kind of get themselves going uh, in like a 10-minute stretch in the second half after the red card. And that, that was just really Mason Mount, you know, coming on and being um, <clears throat> being lively. But other than that, West Brom kind of dominated the entire game. Uh, two for Mateus Pereira, two for Callum Robinson. Uh, and Diana had one in the 68th, but uh, I was... This was shocking. It was just a full over, uh, full underperformance um, from Chelsea and an overperformance by West Brom. I don't think this necessarily means anything about either team, especially West Brom, um, but I'll, I'll be curious to see what you have to say about it.
1: Yeah, the, your first point is exactly how I felt. As soon as Thiago Silva got that second yellow and was sent off, um, Tuchel wasn't prepared for the team to make that switch and i don't think they trained for a situation like that i think that's the first red card we've had under him yeah. and it showed that we didn't train for it and it was Thiago silva's first start since being back from a long-term injury and we switched to a flat four with christiansen coming off the bench and zuma probably our bottom two center backs at this current stage uh just not not working well together back there and then alonzo getting pulled in as a full a le- fullback at left uh he's just not a left back he needs to be higher up as a wing back he struggles on defense kind of how we were talking about last week with trent uh being left out of the england squad due to maybe his defensive uh priorities right but yeah mason mount going forward was nice to see i mean he i would say he's been our player of the year so far easily with what he's with what he's contributed <laughs> and it's also is a boost because he comes from the academy and he bleeds blue through and through. Um, Pulisic scoring was nice to see. He got a start. Uh, he doesn't like, he doesn't start very much with Tuchel, but sad to see at halftime he came off, uh, ran on. There were images of him running on at halftime and then saying, ah, I like my hamstring a little bit. But mm-hmm. a few days later, I heard mate that he, he was going to be subbed 15 minutes anyway into the second half so that might have been why he didn't even want to play the second half he yeah. felt like it was ridiculous but I don't know that's his personal decision and then um yeah I was just looking at these stats and it says that uh, this is the first time Chelsea have conceded five plus goals at home in a prem game since 2011 to mm-hmm. Arsenal mm-hmm. and we've given up eight goals this year to West Brom which is the most amongst any team we played thus far this campaign which is a terrible stat that's a
0: bizarre stat
1: I don't know, but yeah Big Sam took advantage of it, he looked like he was having the time of his life, this was three points he definitely did not see them getting Uh, Pereira's been their best player he had two, like you said, he had two goals he also had two assists, but their first two goals were so, it was so ridiculously easy for them, it was a long ball from the goalkeeper over the top, and I think it was just uh, what was it, Robinson just chipped it or Pereira chipped it over Mendy just like that, and that's the Rue one football that you can't allow as a as a, a club at Chelsea, like that's West Broms bread and butter, and if you let them get away with that, then they'll run all over you, and they did so uh ending it off, my point, just yeah, like you said, this match didn't represent the two teams at all of what they've done so far this season, like I said, at the beginning of the show, Chelsea bounced back against Porto midweek. And we'll we'll see what West Brom does this upcoming week when they play when they play Southampton, who come are coming off a nice win too. We'll touch on, but yeah, interesting to see, just something very right out of the ordinary.
0: Yeah, it was uh, fun to watch. though. It was kind of a, a goal a goal scoring fest. Um, mm-hmm. Just a shit result. Uh, moving on, Leeds two, Sheffield United one. Same score line as their last one two one. It just seems to be a. Uh, the way that, that these guys rock and roll. Um, typically, they strike first, concede, and then get one um, back before the game ends. This one was an own goal from Jags, who is 90 years old. Um, mm-hmm. Good result. I mean, you have to beat Sheffield. We said we didn't think that um, Sheffield would give Leeds any sort of problems. They they did give them a, a little bit of resistance. Um, nine shots for Sheffield, which is way more than they usually manage. Um that may be more of a knock on Leeds defensive capabilities more than Sheffield's offensive capabilities. Um but, you know, a, a good result for Leeds. I think it's when you're at their position right now, um, where they are on the table, you just kinda have to take these and, and move on. It wasn't pretty, it wasn't the best. Um I think they're they're capable of much more, especially against the Sheffield side who are just as I always say, so static. Um, but but I think they'll be happy taking it and moving on.
1: Uh, breaking news: Arsenal just took a one-nil lead. Oh, let's
0: go! Who was it,
1: was it? It was uh Pepe.
0: Oh my God! Really?
1: Eighty-six minute Pepe. Let's oh.
0: fucking go, Peep. Let's, let's go. It,
1: is it at at Emirates?
0: Um, I think it is home.
1: Yeah, it is. Right? Yeah. As long as you hold them to nothing, then you're looking good because you don't want to give an away goal.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. But, let's uh, go.
1: Yeah, that's great news. Hopefully they hold it out. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, Yeah, but Sheffield is like they're just playing every game out the rest of the season. They just want to get it over with. Uh, Hickenbottom can't really do much. He's coming at a point where the damage is done and the, you can't really fix what the players have left in their pride and self-confidence. But... Maybe they play some young players later on in these games just to give them some experience, what it's like to be in the Prem. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like you said, Jags with the own goal, sad to see. But that's what happens when Leeds' speed gets in behind. You can't really do much. Uh, and now Leeds in their last three got seven points out of nine, which is huge. They're right, they're right, they're equal with Arsenal on points, just dealing with that goal differential, which has been their main problem all season. 47 goals for, but giving up 48, which is one of the worst. Um, interesting to see how they do this upcoming week uh, with their defensive issues. Uh, we'll touch on that later, but yeah, I don't really have anything else to say other than that.
0: Cool. Alright, moving on, we have Leicester, nil, Man City 2. So we both went with City in this one I think, right? We both go with City? Yeah. Yeah, so we both trusted our gut and went with City here. They did prove to be the much stronger side Uh, Mendy, Benjamin Mendy was actually, uh, the first one on the score sheet, didn't come until the second half in the 58th minute. Jesus added one in the 74th to pretty much stave off all of Leicester City's, um, hopes of getting a point back, um, dominated, I would say, Leicester were, which is not a word, um, that I use often to describe the way. Uh, A game went for them, but I did feel that City just had had their their feet on Leicester's necks the entire game. Um, There is just more quality in every single position in this City team than there is in any other team in the league. Um, And Leicester do a lot with—I don't want to say a little because you know some teams really do have a little, but Leicester get really good results based on the team chemistry and composition that they have. And yeah. I think they play team football extremely well, but they're also quite dynamic in in an individual sense, especially with their attackers. Um but City, it doesn't matter when you're going up against City, it doesn't matter how good you are. Um they have more of anything you have no matter what team you are, and they they executed that or exhibited that rather. Um, in this match, fifty-seven to uh Leicester's forty-three percent possession, and they doubled their shots and doubled their shots on target. Uh, clinical finishing, really for City. Um, and nothing out of the ordinary. That's just come. That's that's how I kind of think of them these days.
1: Yeah, like you said earlier, with um saying they have very little. I think that's fair to say with where they're challenging. Uh, they're holding third place down pretty strong with a four point difference between fourth place West Ham um yeah Brendan Rodgers is doing a great job there but once you come up besides like Pep and at Man City it's tough De Bruyne had another great game playing through balls out of nowhere and when you have pace uh, like Jesus off the bench and Sterling and Foden and Mars and those guys being all creative on the wings it's pretty much impossible for you to stop the bleeding that's all you can really do like even get holding them to a nil-nil draw would be a win in my opinion but yeah i don't know it was nice to see aguero getting a start he'll probably get a couple more before the end of the season because this is his final year with the club um what was that uh they they won in their champions league leg 2-1 over dortmund i thought it was funny i saw an article after saying that uh, one of the Uh, Referees afterwards went up to Holland to get his autograph, which is something I've never seen before. (laughs) Yeah, I
0: haven't seen that either. Conflict of interest.
1: (laughs) That just shows the amount of hype around the man. And his counterpart, I would say currently Mbappe, also bagged two goals against Bayern, which was a crazy result as well. So interesting to see if those guys make moves into the Prems next season. That'd be great to talk about for the next year. Mm -hmm. Um, But back to this game, yeah. City pretty much locking up the lead. 14 points clear at the top, uh, not very much that United can really do. That's their main competition after stomping third-place Leicester out. But, um, yeah, it's always great to watch City play, and it's tough with Leicester because they obviously had a couple guys out here with uh, Madison and uh, Harvey Harvey Barnes.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I agree. We'll move on because um, that's what City do every week, just move on to the next opponent and fucking demolish it. <laughs> Um, Arsenal nil, Liverpool three. Unfortunate result here for my boys, but a pretty pretty good result, um, on the other hand, for Liverpool. Diego Jota was the difference. He was subbed on. Um, did he come on at half or come in in like the 60th minute? It was like around there, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: he came on the 60th and immediately made an impact.
0: Yeah, so he came on in the 60th, scored in the 64th, and then added another in the 82nd. Uh, Salah scored in between there in the 68th. Just a nightmare um, defensively for Arsenal in this game. Um, once Jota came on and they threw everything forward, um, there was just no way that Arsenal were ever going to get back into this. For a majority of the game, Liverpool pressed Arsenal, and we watched we watched Arsenal give the ball away in some really um, unfortunate uh, situations. I thought that although the the midfield didn't necessarily play well in res- in responding to the press um that Partey was was a shining gem uh amongst the the dirt but uh i don't have a lot to say about arsenal because they just didn't get much done on the offensive end i mean there was like two or three opportunities that they had um pepe had a header there was a couple others but just like really flat everywhere um and Liverpool didn't necessarily play that well in the first half. There were they were kind of rusty and clanky. Uh just Jota is so good. I mean, he has so much precision and it seems that he inspires everyone else on that side once he uh steps foot on the pitch. So you know, I think it was Diego Jota F C versus Arsenal and Jota F C certainly outplayed them.
1: Yeah, him and uh, Bruno Fernandez are Great guys leading Portugal into the Euros this summer, most definitely. Um, I'm looking here, Arsenal have only picked up one win from their last 12 Prem games against Liverpool. Uh, Four of those also being draws, so not very good in recent times going up against Liverpool for the Gunners. Um, Arsenal just got
0: scored on, dude.
1: Uh, Allison, I would say, came out with the hardest mustache I've seen in a long time in professional sports. Uh, pretty clean mustache out there killing the game um, what was I going to say yeah we watched this game live over the weekend if you guys want to go to our YouTube channel post 20 uh, on YouTube to watch the live stream if you want to rewatch the match with us get our point of views Evan as soon as Joe to score that first goal was head was out of the game he didn't want to watch it anymore oh no I told <laughs> speaking you, of which I told you
0: you didn't hear me no dude that guy's name is thomas thomas holes bro his name is thomas holes (laughs) slavia prague just
1: equalized in the 93rd minute from a man named thomas holes
0: oh yeah you didn't hear me say that huh
1: no you're muted i think i
0: interrupted you because i was fucking so pissed
1: oh that is sad now they have the Uh, other hand going to the second leg
0: dude into whatever fucking farmer stadium they have in prague
1: yeah, but that's that's exactly what it's like being an Arsenal fan. You never know what you're going to get. Um, hopefully, in Sheffield, they can get a solid win, but this game, it wasn't meant to be. Liverpool needed a much-needed win. I think that's six straight-away games in the Prem they won. So I would say in recent times, they have great away for him, but when they have to play at home, it's, it's really up
0: in the air. Yeah. Um, I'm just... Every time I start to feel confident about... Uh Arsenal again, they seem to just fucking ruin it and fuck it up. So I really just am kinda wanting to go back to not expecting anything. But we'll <laughs> we'll see. Um as as evidenced by what just happened. I mean just, you get this shining moment and then they just rip it, rip your heart out every single time. Mm. Um but but we'll move on. Southampton three, Burnley two this was a fucking absolute thriller. Yeah. Chris Wood penalty in the 12th put Burnley ahead. Vidra, that Matej Vidra guy, he's a he's a silver on FIFA. I, I had his card at the beginning of the year, um, an inform card. Added another in the 28th before Stuart Armstrong, Danny Ings, and Nathan Redmond led a two-goal comeback uh, win. They they scored three and took all three points from burnley i mean this was fucking nuts this was a home game for southampton so maybe that's you know part of why they were able to get things together and come back but burnley were were clinical in the the first half i mean seven total shots five of those on target um and two went in in the first half but southampton led an absolute barrage on the burnley uh back line and goalkeeper Nick Pope was tested quite a few times 9 on target with 24 shots lobbed at the goal I mean they were they were offensively pretty pretty good in this game sloppy but good
1: yeah this is Southampton's first home prem win since uh, their first game this year against Liverpool uh ending a five game league match uh run without a win at St Mary's um, yeah, the penalty early on, Kyle Walker Peters got caught sleeping a little bit and uh Burnley took advantage of it. As soon as it went 2-0, I thought it was pretty much done and dusted, but Southampton to their credit didn't give up, instantly replied replied in the uh thirty what was it, thirty-first minute from Stuart Armstrong and then Ings before halftime with another great individual uh moment and performance overall. When he's healthy, he and on. There's nothing that can stop him. He looks like a top player in the league mm-hmm. going forward. And then Redmond uh a, or sealed the game up with his uh, winner in the 66th. Um, we both said predictions last week that Southampton didn't have a chance to win this game. I think you went with a draw, and I went with Burnley. So they they told us to go fuck ourselves, pretty much. Um, I don't really know. Um, Southampton have been like. Hit or miss, like we don't really know what to expect from them. And and the same thing goes with Burnley. So like they're both around that lower mid-table area. I don't know. I wouldn't say they're both 100% safe from that relegation battle. But with Fulham's recent form, I'd say they're in in Newcastle as well. I'd say they're pretty safe for now. So they need to get some sort of momentum going because they're out of all competitions. And um, wait,
0: isn't Southampton still in the FA Cup? Um, yeah, because they beat, um, let me see, let me see what their next, uh,
1: yeah, they play Leicester in the semis next weekend.
0: They're going to get pounded by Leicesters, I think.
1: Yeah. So they have something else to play for right now. That's probably what they're putting all their eggs into, I would say. And if they win that, they're either going to play Chelsea or City. So that should be interesting for them. Something to look forward to. But yeah, other than that, it was a great, it was a great match to start off that day.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh very entertaining to watch for sure. I like those like, you know, 3 to 2 or 4 to 3 like thrillers. They're always entertaining to watch. So it was nice to get a couple of them actually um this week. Um next one, Man United 2, Brighton 1. That this first half from Man United was the worst I've seen them play in months. They looked so discombobulated, so out of control, lifeless. Just absolutely nothing going for them. But that second half, it was like I don't know what Ali told them in the in the dressing room, but a, a light switch went off. They were much more lively in the second half. Seemed like they had a game plan, had one common goal, and they managed to 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 come back after Danny Welbeck um put one put one past uh fucking what's his name? It's Henderson, isn't it, in goal now.
1: Yeah, there's talks that, um, that United might buy out the rest of his contract and let him leave.
0: Okay, um, sure. So so after Walbeck managed to get one past Henderson in the 13th, um, United were just like down bad for the rest of the half. But like I said, a half, something really switched for them, and, and they managed to come back. Um, just offensively, they dominated Brighton mostly in, in the second 45. But... Uh, some pretty good grit i think shown by united uh here brighton aren't an easy team to come back and beat i don't think uh so it was it was good to see that out of united it's what you want to see out of your you know a top four club
1: yeah uh to counter that what you just said i I just saw your looking score and it says united have won the most points this season in the prem from losing positions come back and and brighton on the opposite end have dropped the most points from winning positions.
0: Oh, I was wrong. Yeah, that.
1: they've lost they've lost 20 points from winning positions and United have won 25 from losing positions. Hmm. So complete opposites there, but yeah, you know I mean that makes sense for United growing up. They're always the 90th minute cheese team. Yeah. Um Greenwood I think getting his second goal of the entire season. Very rare for him. Uh, I mean, start the beginning of the year, we thought he was going to be like an out-and-out starter, but yeah. obviously not, uh, I guess, rotation and maybe a lack of faith from Ali. But yeah, Welbeck early on scoring. And like you said, United came out slow. And Brighton's a team you don't want to come out slow against because they have a great system under Potter where they can work the ball around. They play with three in the back and those wing backs at times. Uh, still no Lamptey. He's probably out the rest of the season. Um, he adds a whole new element to that attack, but they may do with what they had. Welbeck scoring against his old club was interesting to see. Um, Cavani, on the other hand, the opposite striker, there's talks of him leaving this summer, maybe going to play in Argentina for Boca Juniors. I wouldn't blame him after his whole deal with the FA a couple weeks ago or months yeah. ago with the whole um, social media thing. I mean, on the FA's part, that was them being in- uncultured and ins- uh, insensitive. Because they don't understand the different cultures and what he meant, and they just instantly went to what they thought it meant, which is dumb in itself. But besides the point, uh, United locking up that second position after Leicester lose, so they're pretty they're they're in a pretty safe space, nine points safe in the top four. Um, also, they're in the Europa League today. They finished up two 0 win over Granada. Uh, same as Chelsea yesterday, so they're looking pretty good going in their second leg next week. But all in all, pretty pretty normal routine for United there.
0: Yeah, um, it's, it's, I think that's a really nice uh, three points for them. Greenwood looked looked pretty good, um, in that second half. Moving on, Everton one, Crystal Palace Won Everton are forever frauds. James Rodriguez got one in the 56th, only for Mishi Bachi. Chelsea outcast, Dortmund outcast, outcast in general to get one back in the 86th. Palace kept it close with Everton this entire game. Uh, Six shots on target to Everton, seven, actually got the upper hand in possession and had just about as many shots on target. Um, And like I say, every week, it comes down to the the kind of... um, it's Allen. That's actually what it is. I have, I have one hundred percent figured out that it's Allen. If you don't have Allen and Hames in the midfield, you, the Everton are not going to give you everything they can give you. Of course, I do want to, you know, make note that Calvert Lewin has entirely forgot how to score. It seems, yeah, um, that's a really big problem for Everton. Uh, you saw them score so many goals at the beginning of this season and that September period, I mean, it looked like they could win the league. They were unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And and Calvert-Lewin just kept adding to his goals tally, but he seemed to completely evaporate. Tom Davies in the midfield, just giving you average performances. And then just, I think even missing Pickford is kind of a thing for them. Um, yeah. I, I actually really think that's a big um, chemistry sort of thing. They've He's been the keeper there for a long time now. And I think when you when you're missing your keeper, it it just really fucks with the chemistry. Um and I think that's part of why Palace were able to keep that door open and managed to get themselves a point here. Pretty good um palace side put out though. Um you had Zahan, Benteke, Eze obviously on the left, and I think Ayu is actually pretty solid on the right. Their defense is okay too, so I think this was a, a pretty good result for um palace but i think everton were probably disappointed
1: yeah crystal palace have just suffered one loss in their last six in the league uh and everton on the opposite have only won one in their last eight home games so not too not well at home for ancelotti and the boys and like you said Allen not in there is a huge loss um i felt like early on in the year it was like a mirage cast on everybody's over everybody's eyes yeah. with how well they were doing and dcl popping up i still think he's a solid player but i don't think he's that guy that can average 20 to 25 goals a year like a harry kane or like a aguero in form but um yeah i mean palace literally don't have anything to play for for the past three weeks we've said they they're gonna float in that mid table area same with Leeds, they just go out there do their thing just spoil they just play as spoilers uh forever they're playing, whether it's somebody pushing for European football or whether it's somebody scratching and calling to stay in the league. Yeah. But um yeah, I mean Zaha and Batwai and Eze and those guys are dangerous going forward when they have nothing to lose. So interesting to see moving forward what happens with them. Everton still are two points behind Liverpool in the league. They still do have a game in hand, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. Uh but in their last three matches, they've only gotten one point. So they really need to turn the tide if they want to move up the table.
0: Yeah. I agree. Um, we'll have to see what the rest of the couple you know, we only have a couple weeks left here now, so we'll have to see um mm-hmm. what's in store for them. Next game, one of my favorite of the week. Um, West Ham three Wolves two. A first half barrage of goals by Jesse Lingard, Pablo Fornaus, and Jared Bowen. Had the had the Hammers up by three um by the time by the time uh Dendonker scored in the forty-fourth right before the, the halftime. Uh Fabio Silva got one back for Wolves in the 68th, but it ultimately wasn't enough. Wolves bouncing back, um kind of in this game, I felt like they were they were really lively. Um not not really anything that we've seen from them thus far has, well, since uh, Jimenez went out, um, has led me to feel like they're a dynamic team. But they looked better here. 20 shots on target, or 20 shots, 5 on target, dominated possession, really dominated West Ham, but defensively, they were poor. Um, Lingard's been an amazing addition to this West Ham side, and I feel like, ultimately, he's kind of the player that has led them to... um, a lot of these points in the second half of the season. Uh I think a lot of other people feel the same way, but I'm like what do you think about Jesse Lingard because uh, Man United should be recalling him like asap.
1: I would say he should stay with them permanently because he I don't ever see him breaking into that United lineup because where he plays now for West Ham is where Bruno, Bruno is. Yeah. And that's his preferred role and he just wouldn't fit into that side even if he was wedged on that right mid spot which is where they need um guys going forward that he wouldn't perform at his best so and he's he's at the point in his career where he's 28 29 years old he's at the prime you would say um of his career and clearly this is his best year ever the way he plays even if like his stats aren't the best which they are but He's having a phenomenal year. It'd be crazy to think what he, um they would look like if he was there from the start because he joined in, in January. Yeah. And he, yeah, like you said, they've earned so many points because of him mm-hmm. and how he plays. And they're sitting fourth right now to one point clear Chelsea. Yeah. I could definitely see them holding one of those top four spots by the end of the year with how they're playing.
0: I absolutely can. And w- when I say that United should be looking to recall him, I think I mean that so, so that they can sell him because I think that there are going to be clubs that will pay more than West Ham will. Um, we know what kind of player they buy, and Jesse Lingard is an Englishman in his prime. Depending on how he performs at the Euro, I think he could fetch a hefty price that i'm not sure west ham um will want to buy unless there's some sort of discount built into the loan contract which we know does does happen so um that's what i meant by that but yeah yeah, i mean lingard just unbelievable uh every week he he continues his form and it's very very impressive
1: yeah but uh Back to that game. I mean, this is just similar to the Southampton-Burnley game. Very open going forward. A lot of creativity on both sides. Um, injuries, though, to Rice and Antonio. So those guys might be out a few matches. I think Rice a little longer than Antonio. He might have a slight hammy issue. But uh the Wolves' side, William Jesus, or Jose, sorry, the guy they brought in on loan up top for them, he's done absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. They brought him in because he's a similar similar stature to what Jimenez resembled, and he just does get the job done. A lot of their a lot of their offense comes from their midfield with Neto, Neves, and uh, Moutinho mainly. And their back line's been like iffy. Um, Nuno's kind of rotated from a flat four to a back three. A back three is what they prefer to play. Um, Semedo hasn't had his best year really there coming in his first season um from Barcelona. And then they rotate a lot of guys at left back. Uh they don't really have a lockdown guy there, whether it's due to injuries or lack of faith from the manager. But yeah. It was it's a good thing that West Ham got those three early goals because if it was only two, I think Wolves could have definitely taken this game. But it turned out the way it did and West Ham hold hold that top four
0: spot. hmm Yeah. So I'm I'm interested to see if they can retain that top four spot. I think they will. Um West Ham and the Champions League are going to be absolutely hilarious. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. We'll preview some of the games for next week quickly.
1: You missed you miss two games. What games? Newcastle, Spurs, and Aston Villa-Fulham.
0: Oh, they're not on my thing. Hmm. Oh, all right. Um, oh, they're in a different spot. That's so strange. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Um, Newcastle 2 tottenham too uh these games were on sunday both of these sorry um my google things all fucked up um i was
1: gonna say i, I thought you'd want to talk about spurs i do flopping. i do
0: want to talk about spurs flopping um joelinton was the one to strike first in this game and immediately i was like oh dude spurs down bad again and then Harry King got one back in the 30th, and then he scored again in the 34th, and I was reminded that Harry Kane is literally probably the best striker in the world, um, and at any moment, he can just do that and score at will. Um, but in the 85th minute, Arsenal Loney, Joe Willick managed to tie it up, and and the two teams had no choice but to share the points. And I just find it funny that even, like, I don't want to say from the grave, because like he's not dead, but even from, from fucking however many miles away, Arsenal are thwarting Tottenham's plans. And I just yeah. I just thought it was hilarious. It was so funny when I watched him score. Newcastle absolutely dominated Tottenham in terms of uh offensive statistics. Uh Tottenham were a little sharper in the midfield, but Really, I think this speaks to Tottenham's inability to hold a lead. And the the pundits and, and the, the papers were talking about, you know, Jose and how his, his thing is really holding the lead, parking the bus and hunkering down and making sure that he manages to get all three points from uh, a precarious position. And he has become so poor at that with this Tottenham side, and he blamed it on the players. And I think that I don't know if it's the players. I mean, I know we've talked about how their defense isn't fantastic, but there is a club identity issue at Tottenham that I don't think can be solved under the reins of Jose Mourinho. They need somebody else. They needed to not get rid of Poch to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, he's living it up in Paris right now. They're killing yeah. the game. Um, but Tottenham have failed to win six uh, games a season, which they led at halftime the most of any side in the Prem which is like you said an identity crisis or maybe a lack of focus just something there on the, on the Newcastle side of things this is huge for them yeah. um a point a point against Tottenham's huge in the bigger picture keeps a three point gap between them and Fulham they also have a game in hand on Fulham so they can really separate things if they wanted but i probably, i don't think that's going to happen i think it's always going to be close till the end um i don't know Spurs also as well can't pull away in the league. They're sitting right in between Chelsea and Liverpool in that sixth spot, right in that Europa League position. Probably where they will finish, unless Leicester or West Ham flop, because I don't think Chelsea I don't think Chelsea's gonna fall off. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's great to see uh, these teams pulling off big upsets
0: like they are. So Um uh, Okay. <clears throat> this next game was one of the only games that I actually didn't watch. Aston Villa three, Fulham one. So Fulham are kind of adopted favorite team here. Um not in great form the past few weeks. While they were able to get a couple shots um on target and behave in an offensively decent manner. Um ultimately it wasn't enough to get enough goals to beat this Villa side who were feeling particularly uh, like scoring goals on this day. Trezeguet, who I haven't seen um, on the score sheet much this season, managed to get himself two, and Ali Watkins uh, got one for himself in the 87th. Mitrovic, you know, he was the only one that scored for Fulham. Not really a player. uh, That's another player that you don't see on the score sheet a ton. They were, you know, playing through Maja, and, uh, oh, what's his name? Maja and Lookman for most, for most of the time. And they were the ones that were kind of providing all of the assistant goals for a couple of weeks. But Mitrovic getting himself one here. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to say because I didn't watch this one, but it looks like everything was in the second half. All the goals. That's kind of wild.
1: Yeah, I, I watched the, most of this game and Fulham were controlling this game for the most part. And the thing was in the post game interview uh, they asked scott parker the manager that if it was due to game management he totally agreed with that i don't think their team was is has yet coped with managing games all the way through yeah and, and that's exactly what happened here the last 15 minutes they collapsed whether that was due to tired legs or a lack of focus uh, through the back line and the midfield and that leaving bigger pockets of space for the midfield to come collect the ball and turn. Uh, Just those little things affect um, the bigger picture and the results of games, which is something that Fulham can't afford sitting in the relegation zone. And like I said earlier, Brighton have given up the most points from winning positions. Uh, Fulham are third in that category. They've given up 16 from winning positions. So um, interesting to see what they do going forward. Um, Not a lot of faith betting on Fulham at the time right now because. They just give up the game, even if they take the lead. Um, should be interesting what Scott decides to work on going forward, but they desperately need a win, especially after Newcastle getting a big morale boost against Spurs. And like I said earlier, they have a game in hand and three points on Fulham. So they, just like, uh, I was saying with, um, Was Everton needing points and getting up the table? uh, Fulham
0: even more need these points now. Yeah, that is the truth. Uh, Okay, now we'll move on to our predictions. Sorry about missing those again. Uh, Match day 31. Games start tomorrow on Friday. First one being Fulham versus Wolves. This is a tough one. Um, This is hard because... I think Wolves looked a little better last week and I think Fulham looked a little worse than they have in recent weeks. Yeah. So I think that's leading me to Wolves. I hate betting against Fulham, but I think I'm just going to think like straightforward, uh, follow my gut and say Wolves in this one.
1: Both teams are in terrible form. Yeah. Wolves haven't gotten a win in their last five. Fulham only one win in their last five. Four yeah. of those, The other four being losses. It's at Craven Cottage meaning uh, Fulham have the worst home record this season, yep. sitting dead last two wins out of 16. Uh, Wolves away with, uh, form their 15th, so both sides don't do too well on the road or home. Yep. Um, I- I'd like to think that Fulham will break this streak of of bad play, but I think tactically these two teams match up pretty well. Uh I think I would like to think that Wolves come out in their standard three four three. Uh Triori's looked better as of recently going forward. He breaks away a lot more. He must have been putting some extra baby oil on his arms. Yeah. Uh to get loose. But that's crazy. He's like the only player that does that. But yep. uh um I'd lo- my my instant thought was a draw. But mm, yeah, I'm gonna go with the draw.
0: Okay. Sounds good to me. I think I can see that too. Um, Next one, very straightforward for me, Man City versus Leeds. I think there was a Man City versus Leeds matchup that ended 1-1 earlier this season. I remember it because the end was an absolute fucking like
1: just it was it was against Leeds.
0: Yeah, it was City versus Leeds, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's what I mean. It was a goal. It was a shot fest, dude. It was from end to end. No play in the midfield. The ball was just bouncing from end to end. It was absolutely electric. Um, they shared the points that time, but I think City have sharpened up since then, and I think Leeds have certainly dulled down in an attacking sense. So I'm going to take City, uh, City for this one.
1: Yeah, in that match, Leeds won the possession battle, getting 52%. Yeah interestingly enough but um yeah i mean i mean you see this and you think man city easy but i think this could also be a very open match uh after watching dortmund uh play city earlier this week uh you saw holland and his size taking advantage full advantage of it and he made ruben neves or ruben diaz look like a twig he just yeah. put him on his ass real quick so if patrick Banford can do anything like that to resemble holland i think Leeds can easily be in this game but uh Rafinha's done exceptionally well as well on the right so i think he can match up well with Cancelo coming in on the inside but um I-, I have to play it safe and go with city here but i wouldn't be surprised if this ends up in a high scoring draw
0: yeah i i mean i could see that happening too are you gonna go you, you think you're gonna go with city though
1: I'm gonna go with City, but okay. I wouldn't be surprised if I was betting on this game.
0: I would bet a Leeds win or draw. Well, I, I would take the fucking over. I think this could certainly be like over to an half. I could definitely yeah. see that happening. That sounds safer. All right, moving on a rematch from a seven two thriller earlier this season in which Aston Villa defeated Liverpool. I am, I don't know where to go in this one either. Um this was kind of where Liverpool's like disaster of a season started. I think yeah. was losing 7-2 against Villa and then losing obviously some guys uh defensively. But uh, I think Liverpool had been better and I think that they're going to be riding momentum from defeating Arsenal uh in the league last week. Uh Villa just kind of holding on um in in their no, actually, it was that was the three one win versus Fulham, right? The last game. Mm-hmm. Um. So disregard what I just said about about Villa, but I'm confident in Liverpool. I think that as long as Jota gets some play time, whether he starts or comes in, um, that they'll be able to conjure up enough magic to beat uh, this Villa side. Um. Let me think. I'd like
1: to say Liverpool right away, but their home record's absolutely atrocious. It so is coming, atrocious, yeah. And coming up against Aston Villa here, they might have PTSD. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know if Grealish is going to be ready for this game yet. I don't know, but I think Liverpool's going to dominate. Put the possession. They're going to play how they normally do. It's going to be hard to get those whip crosses in at the right spots with the height of Konza and Mings. Yeah. Um but when you have Diego Jota anything's possible. So I'm going I'm going I'm going to go with a Liverpool win here. I'm going to take a chance there. I think they win and carry on that momentum they got from Arsenal.
0: Agree. Uh moving on Crystal Palace versus Chelsea. This is another straightforward one for me. Uh, I don't think Chelsea collapses against Palace. Obviously, we saw that last week against West Brom. I don't think it happens again. I think Tuchel is a strong coach, and he kind of has like a strong backbone in that team. Uh, Different defensive pairing, obviously, this time because uh, no Thiago Silva. Um, But I just don't think Palace have all that it takes to break down that Chelsea defense, which has been um, pretty well or pretty good recently. I'm getting a phone call. Give me one second. Go ahead. Yeah, Go ahead I think
1: Yeah, I think Chelsea as well. It's hard to say with um with what's going on recently against West Brom. But um Okay. Yeah. And what was I gonna say? Yeah, the previous results saw Chelsea win four nothing over Palace. Obviously that's obviously that's under Frank. Um Tiago Silva being out's a little bit of a, a hit to the team, but they've done pretty well without him. Uh, they'll probably slide Rudiger back in there with Zuma and Christensen or slide in Dave. Probably be Dave uh, or Cesar, Rudiger, and Christiansen or Zuma. One of the two of them will get rotated. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Chilwell scoring earlier in the week should be interesting to see if he gets another start, but... Uh, I don't know if he's going to go with a rotated team here and play the starters against Porto again, or if he's going to do the reverse. Uh, I'd like to see Havertz get in this game, give him some confidence. Um, At this point, Werner, I have no idea when he's going to score again. He he literally misses sitters every game, and it's tough to see as a fan. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Chelsea win here. Easy, nothing really to bet otherwise unless they get another red card then I might live live bet against them. But other than that, I think it's a Chelsea win.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay, we're in agreement there then. Next one, Burnley versus Newcastle. This is a fucking weird Fuck. one. I don't... This might be your coin flip game of the week. I'm, yeah,
1: I was thinking the same thing.
0: I'm on a draw, actually. I think this is going to be like a nil-nil or a 1-1 draw. Yep, I'm 1-1 one one on
1: the coin flip. Uh... Crystal Palace messed me up with Everton there. I took Everton on the coin flip. Um, The home team in this match is Burnley, playing at Turf Moor. So heads is Burnley. Tails is Newcastle. I'm going to do this. If it's back-to-back, one of them, I'll go with the win. If it's a split, I'm going to go with a draw.
0: Okay. All right. Yep.
1: All right. Here we go. First flip is heads to Burnley. Second flip. Heads to Burnley. We're going with Burnley here. Okay.
0: That's my my other, that's like my second pick. I think Burnley will win. But I just am not confident in their goal scoring. So um, I'm going to go with a tie. Uh, next one. Bye. West Ham, Leicester. Ooh, Ooh, this could be a good game. I think since I've been singing Jesse Lingard's praise so much, that I'm actually going to go with West Ham here. I don't know what odds are going to look like. I think they'll probably be favorited. Um This could be a really, really interesting game. I don't think this will end in a draw. Uh, I can see either team winning, but for, for the sake of just, I don't know, riding with Jesse Lingard, I'm going to take West Ham. Yeah,
1: odds-wise right now, Leicester's the favorite. Oh, Leicester, um, okay plus 135, uh, West Ham plus 210. Uh, they're dealing with some injury issues. Like I said, Antonio is probably going to be out, as well as Declan Rice. So they're going to have to put some rotated guys in there, which might hurt their chances, but Leicester know all about that, dealing with injuries, and they've kind of coped with it. Uh, Ian Nacho stepped up a little bit more. Uh, I don't know whether Madison will be back in this game or not, but if he is, that's a huge boost to them. Uh, but uh home and away records both teams sit on in second place uh Leicester second in away form West Ham second in home form uh I'm going to I'm going to say that I'm going to go with Le- that West Ham kind of got away with the last week's win and they didn't make it out too good with those injuries Lingard's going to definitely have a good game here but I'm going to take a chance here and I think Leicester might steal the points
0: okay all right i uh I can see that happening too, so interesting next one tottenham men united this was a crazy game earlier on this season as well. I think Tottenham blew United out of the water in this one, right
1: yeah or yeah, six one spurs, yeah,
0: so I remember that um well, I think the result is opposite this time uh I'm on the united win, I think um their second half comeback victory versus. Brighton has them looking okay. Um, they won today, I think, as well. Uh, United. And, yeah, in their Europa League tie, right?
1: Yep, they won two now.
0: Yeah, so that's it's a good result for them. I think that they have a lot of momentum heading into this game, whereas Tottenham are kind of struggling with that identity issue and the coaching issue that I talked about earlier. So I think that's going to be enough for United to just kind of squeak by. I don't know if it'll be a slaughter, um, but I do think they win.
1: Yeah, sure and sweet. I'm going to agree with you there. I think United pull out the dub.
0: Cool. Uh next one, Sheffield United, Arsenal. I'm not overthinking this one. Arsenal, they're going to beat Sheffield, okay? That's it. That's all I have to say. They beat them earlier the season. I think they do it again. Um, yep, that's it.
1: Yeah, our our uh Sheffield it's the game's at the or no,
0: it's at it's at um What's it What's our stadium called? Blade Park. I don't know what the fuck it's called. Let me see. It is at Bramall Lane. Bramall Lane. Yeah,
1: yeah. They've they've gotten more points home than they have away, which I was gonna make the point if they were away. But yeah, they don't have anything to play for. Arsenal. It's looking like in the league, they don't really have much playing for. They might have to put everything into the Europa League. Um, they're gonna really need to now next week after today's result. But yeah, I'm gonna go with an Arsenal win as well. They really just need to get some sort of positivity going into the second leg against Slavia Prague.
0: So, yeah,
1: Arsenal dub here.
0: Okay, sounds good. I agree. Uh, Next one, West Brom versus Southampton. This could be another freak uh, sort of game. I don't think West Brom are capable of doing what they did last week again especially not in such close proximity to doing it the first time. I think Southampton actually managed to get the win here. Um, had some had some grit versus Burnley last week. That was nice to see. And I think that momentum carries them uh, into three points versus West Brom. I'll be curious to see what you think here.
1: I can't bet on West Brom after what I, they did to me earlier in the year. Yeah. Big Sands made me look like a fool all season. So for, uh, for my pride's sake, I can't say West Brom's going to win. Um, Southampton, after last week's game, makes me have a lot of confidence in them, mm-hmm. especially with Danny Yings. I don't think... I don't think West Brom's going to get lucky with another bullshit red card or double yellow right uh, two weeks in a row because when they play 11v11, 11 11, things aren't as open for them as they were last week, yeah which they took full advantage of. Gave them credit for that. But I think Southampton here, a nice little win. Uh, Ings and Ward-Prowse on the score sheet, um, keeping them in that mid-table and making West Brom's chances to stay up that much harder.
0: Yeah, I agree. Okay, cool. Uh, Last game of the week, Brighton versus Everton. Another one that I think could be weird. I have a really hard time um, betting on Everton. They don't score a ton of goals, and I just feel like they're flat most of the time. So I, I don't want to bet on Everton here. I, I think I'm going to say draw.
1: Um, looking at the home and away forms, um, Brighton are 17th this season at home, only getting 13 points out of a possible 45. Where Everton, on the complete opposite end, 14 matches away, have won 29 points, which is comparatively different to their home form, which they've only gotten 18 points from 15 games. So. They're an away team. They cannot win in Goodison Park, but when they play away, they do get wins. I think that carries over here. They played earlier in the year. Everton got a four two win. Um he had goals goals from all over the place with James, DCL, and Mina probably off a corner. Um yeah, I'm gonna go with Everton win here. They need the they need the points really bad.
0: Yeah. All right. Interesting enough. Um, that concludes our preview and review of the upcoming uh, match week. So with that, I think that's it. I don't think we have anything else to say uh, besides thank you for listening. Uh, Matt, I'll let you plug everything today.
1: Okay, yeah, guys, make sure you check out all of our streaming platforms at Post 20 on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Uh, on that Apple, leave a five-star review. Uh, letting us know what we need to improve on or what you guys like so far. If you want to check us out on social media, at Post20Pod as well, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, so keep up with us daily with what's going on with the show and that. And if you guys are visual are visual watchers, check out our YouTube app, or uh, Post20, spelled out 20, not 2-0. 20. Uh, subscribe to the channel, it's free. Make sure you hit the notification bell so you're notified when we post our new videos or uh, videos of the stream. Or of the podcast, sorry, every Thursday or Friday. And then if you guys want to check out us live stream, we live stream over there, uh, one prem game a week. Mm -hmm. Uh, We try to keep it. uh, We update you guys on Twitter with what's going on with what game we want to watch. So make sure you're following us on all those platforms if you want to keep up to date with us. Uh, Other than that, uh, shout out to the Union, Philadelphia Union. Nice nice dub in the CONCACAF Champions League uh, against, I think, one of the Costa Rican champions. Yeah. Uh ended ended in a pretty bad fashion with a oh. fight almost breaking out. Uh guy guy came in two foot tackle almost broke Kai Wagner's leg. That shit was
0: insane.
1: He made him do a full front flip three feet in the air, which was absolutely insane. I don't know how that guy didn't get sent off, but makes the second leg even makes second leg even interesting. Or absolutely even more insane. interesting. I just fucking pulled my chair down mid speech. You good? All right. There we go. Okay. I was like monkey in my chair, and I fucking hit the thing, and I just fell. Oh, good. Um, Yeah, that's
0: it. Okay. All right. Thanks again, guys. Uh, We'll see you next week. Take care. Stay safe, and uh, we'll talk to you then. Bye, guys.